back, everybody, to another episode of the podcast to be named later. I am Noah Hiles. He is Alex Stump. And Alex, what a weekend of baseball. What a week of baseball, I should say. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was, it, the Marlins did it. I I mean, I, I'm just going to jump right into it immediately because Noah's got the Marlins hat on right now. Like, they were my sleeper going in. Work to perfection. Hey. Per- Perfect pick by me. They were our sleeper. They were our sleeper. Guess what? We're all woke on them now. This is we we cover the pirates on this podcast, and we're gonna. The main portion of this segment is about to be about a former pirate and a former Marlin. But until we say different, this is officially the number one Marlins fan podcast in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We have officially declared it. We're putting the flag down right here. It's just. It is what it is. I mean, for the, for this random team to do it against anyone is funny, but the fact that they beat the Chicago Cubs in Wrigley, of all places, I, I mean, it's poetry. It's beautiful. I, I, I don't have enough words. I don't have enough words as to how much I love this Marlins team. We stand a fishy boy team. All right, that, that's, that's what's going to happen. But, yeah, they, they absolutely – well, the pitching was absolutely dominant that entire series. Like, not even just the rotation. It wasn't just Sandy and Sixto. It was the bullpen also. Like, they just completely shut the Cubs down. And you know what? It was probably the worst the Cubs have looked in two games in the playoffs at home since, oh, I don't know, 2003? What happened then? Uh, you know, they, they lost to the Marlins in a couple games. And the ESPN, you, you better believe they had Steve Bartman ready to go whenever there was a foul ball hit that way. It's like, wow, that's that's very engaging content concerned. There's so many people in the stands here. Really comes into play. You think Steve Bartman cheers for the Marlins? I would if I was him. I know. I mean, I would just in general because the Marlins are awesome. Another reason why I love the Marlins right now is because all of their playoff games and looking at the slate, and it's going to continue that way. They're always getting that two o'clock slot. And I love that <laughs> because it's the first game at noon. I'm just like, you know, I mean, I'm awake, but it's like I'm eating lunch. I'm doing things. But by two o'clock, I'm like, I'm buckled up, ready to watch some freaking day baseball, baby. And they just keep getting that perfect time slot in the seventh inning magic. I mean, that they scored they scored all their runs that series in the seventh inning too, mm-hmm. and it's just great managing by Don Mattingly as well. The way he's had the correct feel for how long to leave these young starters in, when to take them out, and then his bullpen management playing to matchups. Sometimes I know you're still mad at him about the COVID thing, Alex, and you deserve you, people should be still mad at him. Yeah, but from just doing his job as a baseball manager, he's been pretty damn good down the stretch. Yeah, and you know, this is a team that is definitely playing above their level. I mean, this is a team that is overachieving. I cannot stress that enough. They're not going to make the playoffs in 2021. No, no. This is a team that's 100% a product of the 60-game season and Rob Manfred putting in 16 teams. Yeah. With that being said, like you said, with the 2 o'clock time slot, speaking as team anarchy, you know, Major League Baseball wants Yankees-Dodgers World Series. Mm-hmm. If they can't have that, you know, the Padres are a young, exciting team. You know, they, they could, you know, bring some eyeballs in there. The, the absolute worst matchup, like if they could have picked at the beginning of the year two teams 
the worst two teams to possibly have as a World Series duo. Don't even say it. It would be the Florida Marlins and the Tampa Bay Rays, and that's what's going to happen. We're going to have a Florida World Series that five people are going to watch, and that's what Rob Manfred deserves after 2020. I was that is gonna, the only World Series he deserves. I was going to say even one up, Marlins-Astros. We get the team that everyone was saying, who is this? And versus the team that everyone hates. And then the Miami Marlins go from the most irrelevant sports franchise in North America to the most beloved. Like everyone would be buying these hats. Everyone would oh, be, yeah. hey, they had Dontrell Willis. You know, like saying the things that we've been saying months ago, just hopping on the bandwagon. Like Corey Dickerson would be a household name if they somehow if they beat slay the beast. <laughs> yes. Yes, I mean, they would be here. They wouldn't have a parade in Miami. They'd have a country parade just yeah. around the nation, just like, you know, like a president would do in the 1800s. You just get on a train and go around and like people would be running alongside the train. It would be glorious, Alex. I didn't even think of that angle. Yes. From it because like the That's last why you need two people on the beat. That's why you need two people on the go. Pirates beat. You know, we, we hit all the angles, you and I. We, we, we figure out who would be the most funny on the, on for the, the Marlins on the to play one, in the World Series. On the number one Marlins podcast in Pittsburgh. Yes. All right. So speaking of Marlins, uh, a Marlins catcher, more notably a former Pirates catcher, uh, hung him up for good this weekend. Uh, we took a little bit longer to get into it, but sorry. We're not going to apologize, actually, for our Marlins love. We, we gave them not enough time. But in all seriousness, Francisco Cervelli called it a career uh, this year, or this past weekend. Uh, I believe, what was it, 13 years in the major leagues? Yeah. 13 years in the major leagues, a World Series champion, a part of the 2015 Pirates. I mean, one, not one of the best Pirates team in our lifetime, Alex. A guy that was really beloved by every teammate that he had, at least on the North Shore. I never heard any one of the guys in the clubhouse say anything bad about him. They they really appreciated everything he did. Seemed like a pretty good guy overall. I had never had a unpleasant interaction with him, um, and he's all he's all done now. So, Alex, what is your thoughts when you see this? I mean, personally, I wish it would have he would have done it a couple concussions sooner. Yeah, because uh, this last year, I I get. You know, it's tough to separate, you know, love with the self-preservation in that regard. But it was really a case of if you're going to play baseball, just be a first baseman mm-hmm. at, at this point. But no, he went back behind the catch. I kind of feel the same way about Cervelli as just to make an NFL analogy, Wes Welker. That, you know, it's like, man, you really shouldn't have been playing, you know, towards the end. Like this is, you know, quality of life concerns down the stretch. But like you said, I I only had great interactions with Francisco, um, one of the leaders of that team for years. A big reason why that team, you know, people I think forget that you know, 2015 he had to replace Russell Martin. Yeah, ar- arguably the best two year stretch any Pirates catcher has ever had, and he and he did. Like yeah. he was just as good. There was absolutely no drop off right there. That's why that team was able to win 98 games. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I wish him well in retirement. I think he would be, if, if he so chose, if he so chose, I think he would be a terrific coach, you know, in some regard, like if he wants to go somewhere in the minor leagues, or even if he wants to just, you know, coach winter ball or something, you know, yeah. but yeah, I, I wish him well. I, I wish that this would have come 
like two or three concussions sooner. Yeah, it, it should have come in 2019 when he when he came yeah. back and then immediately got concussed. And that's I, a day unreported that he had a conversation and Cervelli was kind of like, hey, man, I don't know. And uh, that should have just been it for him. When I remember when he went to the Braves after the Pirates let him go, I was just like watching him play in Atlanta. I'm just like, this is not good. Yeah. And I mean, God bless him, though. I mean, he loves the game and it's hard for some guys to give it up, especially when it's like a concussion thing where, you know, he doesn't feel the pain in his knees when he's getting down in the, in the stance. He doesn't, you know, his back isn't hurting when he's swinging. It's just, it's just a mental thing, you know, or not a mental thing, but a head thing. It's different. And once he heals from a concussion, you think you're all good. But those things add up. And he had a lot of them. And those are the ones that were just diagnosed. I say this with football players. I say this with every athlete. For every concussion you've had, you probably had another one that didn't go diagnosed. You know, ones that a lot of athletes don't talk about. They they simply hide them. And you got to think, I mean, he's a, he's a guy. He's, the concussion stuff just started getting serious within the last decade. Yeah. They didn't test the same way in 2008, you know, they, they and, and that's thinking about his professional career. You got to think about high school. Cervelli's played a lot of baseball. You know, he might have gotten them in high school or in middle school. And that's the same brain he's still using. So, I mean, he's taken a, he's taken a beating, but uh, good for him. A great career. And I, I, I'll remember him for three things. One. I'll never forget when we were doing our show last year and we looked up the splits the pitching staff had when he was behind the plate compared to Elias Diaz. And this isn't going to turn into like a trash Elias Diaz podcast, but we've had plenty of those in our old, in our I, I, old unless days. He, unless he <laughs> dares to cross the Marlins. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, buddy. But no, in all seriousness, um, just the value that he brought to that staff, even when he wasn't producing offensively, which he normally always did. 2018, he had an excellent year at the plate. He was one of the best catchers in baseball. Uh, but when he wasn't hitting, just how comfortable everyone was, guys like Musgrove and um, Chad Cool, I think, or Brawl, there were just a whole bunch of different guys who just, they you could tell, they were more comfortable. They trusted him when he was behind the dish. Um that's the first thing I think of. Second thing I think of is his walk-up song. I mean, everyone sang along to that one. And mm-hmm. as a walk-up snob or a walk-up song snob, I am very judgmental. Alex will say this firsthand. I, I judge every ball player by their walk-up music. He hit the he hit the nail right on the head. Everyone sang along to that. Everyone liked it, and it was just fit his personality. Uh, every also every female Yenzer from the ages of fifteen to ninety-five loved. Francisco Cervelli. He was yep. probably one of the biggest heartthrobs they've had in a very long time. He just had, you know, and they even had like the romance thing they did on the Jumbotron in between innings the one year. And it was I funny. He, he didn't even really give that great of advice, but like it was just funny <laughs> hearing him talk about it. Um, he, and then, he, gave, he gave the advice that would work for him. A, yes. a very handsome, you know, yeah. major <laughs> league well, baseball player. Italian, multi-millionaire baseball yeah. player. Like, like, this would work for me. Normally, I just smile. And it's yeah. like, well, Francisco, that doesn't apply to the rest of us. But anyway, uh, and then the last uh, memory I have is a personal one. It was my first interaction with him. It was the first week I was covering the team in 2018. I think he was my second one-on-one interview I ever did in a big league. My first one was with Colin Moran. So I was like, 
All right, we're rolling now. I, I got that one out of the way, the, the highly controversial Colin Moran. Uh, and then I was like, you know what? I want to get someone, you know, who's been around for a little bit. So I talked to Cervelli and I was talking to him about being a leader because I was in a brand new club. There was a lot of new guys there. And I was like, you're one of the you're one of the older guys. And he just like he goes, hey, don't ever call me old. And he got all serious. And then he was laughing. He goes, I'm well seasoned or something like that. And I was like, oh, man, I thought I pissed him off for a second. But no, he was just very fun loving. Um, even when times were bad, that was a guy that you knew he would just talk to you and be straight up. And, uh, mm -hmm. he was awesome. He the clubhouse was more fun when Francisco Cervelli was around. Well, that's going to conclude this first segment. Our Marlins, uh, we're, we're not, we're going to continue to talk about the Marlins, by the way, maybe not on this show, but just moving forward, like I said, um, and we're going to continue to remember Francisco Cervelli, a very underrated uh, player the Pirates have had over the past couple of years. One healthy, very productive. Uh, but when we come back, we have more playoff baseball. Alex and I are actually going to talk about the uh, final NL series that wrapped up on Friday and then preview the American League Division Series coming up today when we come back. Welcome back to the show, Alex. We are on to the next round. In October, we got some. If, did you count? First things first. Do you count the wild card round as the actual playoffs? Are you one of those that's like, no, oh, that wasn't the playoffs. That was the playing games. No, I, no, no, that was the playoffs. Like, I'm ask ask me again in 2021 if we're really going to keep these 16 games or 16 teams making it. And you know, in that bogus. I, I I'll I'll see if I'll change teams for now. But for 2020, no, it's the playoffs. Well, I mean, my thing is this: if Albert Pujols was in the playoffs and he was hitting home runs in that wild card round, those would count toward his career total, you know, in the yeah. postseason. So if he were to break records, that's like the same thing I said with the Penguins. Like Crosby broke records in that short series, or he like moved up on lists. So yeah, it's the playoffs. I mean, I don't know. I, I look at it as the playoffs, but the traditional. Eight-team format now is what we have. The division series starts today, and it's the American League. Before we get into that, we have to talk about um, the wild card rounds wrapping up. We already discussed, I believe, the A's and the White Sox. We already roasted the Twins. They're they're dead. There's no reason to keep you know, bear are you burying them, kicking that dead horse. But uh, for the rest of the league, you go around the National League. The Cardinals are gone. The Padres finally get the job done. They get that W, come back and after losing game one. And the we, we, we trash the Reds. The Dodgers move forward. And last but certainly not least, our Florida Marlins won uh, in that two-game sweep on Friday. So all good stuff there. Alex, of the eight teams to be eliminated in the postseason – Seven of them, seven of them were from the Central Division of Baseball. The American League Central sent three teams to the postseason. All three are gone. The National League Central sent four teams to the playoffs. All are gone. I'm just going to say it. Give credit to the Pittsburgh Pirates. They wore them all down. They mm -hmm. said it was tough enough to beat the Pirates a million times. We're exhausted, and the rest of baseball probably owes the Pirates not only a thank you, but maybe international spending money or a draft pick or two, whatever they so choose. You know, like I, I think I put this in a lot of the the live files at the time. Like, yo, this team isn't that good if they're struggling this much 
against you know the Pirates right now. Like, put this team away for one of these three games, and you could interpret that as, hey, you know, the Pirates, you know, they they fought. I mean, they didn't. The Pirates never gave up this year. Like, let's of all the criticisms you could say about the 2020 Pittsburgh Pirates, they didn't give up this year. And, you know, that's that's an encouraging sign, I think, for Derek Shelton going on because, you know, they quit for far less under Clint Hurdle in 2019, and that was basically yeah. the same group. So looking past that, that's that's something. But, man, the Twins just can't. They just can't win a playoff game to save their damn lives. Cleveland, they can't beat the Yankees. Uh, Chicago, that was the only, like, truly entertaining series out of the bunch, I think. The, and they, the they just were beat up. I mean, they yeah. got they just they were beat up and they gave a hell of a series. That was a yeah, yeah. I mean, that was you know an honest to god. Well, we lost the best of three. What else can you do? Yeah, they can hold to their a really head up good high. team. Yeah, on the road, so they could hold their head up high. It's not like Cleveland where it's like, well, that might be the end of the road because who knows if Lindor's coming back. Mm-hmm. Central, the Reds. Oh my god, like the, that, the bats never left the plane. The Pirates scored as many postseason runs as the Reds this year. Yeah. And they did and the Cubs pretty much. Earnings. Oh like, no, the Cubs scored one run in two games, Cubs, right? Yeah, yeah. It's the Brewers. Don't cry for me, for I am already dead. They shouldn't have been in there in the first place, and <laughs> it was it was a massacre. Like the Milwaukee Brewers are the real winners of this NL postseason because they were not banished to the shadow realm. All right, they still exist as a franchise. They didn't have to fold because of the ass whooping that the Dodgers put on them, and then the Cardinals. Padres are good, man. Padres are fun to watch. Cardinals yeah. aren't. Cardinals I, are the antithesis of the Padres, where the Padres have the flash and the, and the style, and you know they're fun to watch. The Cardinals are like a, a, a horrible machine that makes like I, I I can't think of like what the worst thing. They're a sweatshop. They're a sweat- it's yeah. like yeah, it's horrible, yeah. but like they make so they're like a Subaru factory, where it's like it's it's like. <laughs> You know they're they're just oh making God. out these durable vehicles that never die, and it's like this is killing our environment because it's a factory and they're polluting the air. But it's like they make these machines that aren't even that good looking, but like it's gonna be around forever. Edmund is the Subaru Outback. Like my <laughs> uh, speaking of somebody who drives a 2003 Subaru Outback, that most of the bumpers falling off, but it's still going. So I'm not getting a new car yet. <laughs> Roast me if you want. This is part of the reason why Noah says I'm like 60 years old. You know, no, I don't blame you, dude. Your 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 car is gonna last longer than mine, and mine's yeah. like 15 years older. So <laughs> it's a Subaru. They they're built yeah. to last. That that is Tommy Edmund. Tommy yeah. Edmund is the 2003 Subaru. That's Outback. our whole they team. That's players. Harrison yeah. Bader. That's Tyler O'Neill. That's yeah. I mean, I still think they have Skip Schumacher. I still think they have Ronnie they Belliard. They do, or, but it's like Caligula. Like, while I've taken the form of Caligula, you have yeah. known me for many moons, yeah. many years. <laughs> yeah, I, I I mean, David Eckstein, does he work for the Pirates? Because like I could see him pinch hitting in the ninth. I, I mean, that it, just it's the same person in a different uniform, except for Harrison or no. Tyler O'Neill is the bodybuilder. He they haven't had one of those before. He's huge, but like the rest of them, they're just all a five eleven white dude with a plain name, and he comes up and he hits like a he has like a nine hundred OPS in September, and and they're just Especially like the year with two point five four. Like, yeah, and you're gonna be good. No, you can't do this all. You're the gonna time. be good for three years, and then you're gonna go play in like some random team. You're gonna go play for the White Sox until you get DFA'd, and we're gonna find the next you. 
And, and that's just what it is. They're like the clones in Star Wars or something. It's it is okay. impeccable, except they're accurate when they throw. You know, unlike the stormtroopers who can't shoot for anything. All right, so we're gonna preview now the AL uh, DS matchups. Uh, we're we're gonna start with the easy one to preview, and the, and I say easy. This is gonna be entertaining because I think coming into this year, a lot of people had this picked as the ALCS potentially, and that's the Rays and the Yankees. I think and these I are happen. these are probably two the two most exciting teams in the American League right now. Uh, I mean, the A's are good. I don't want to undersell the A's, but if the A's had Chapman, that's a different conversation. But both of these teams, they're getting healthier, and it's just the Rays pitching. The Rays also kind of spanked the Yankees in the regular regular season, but the Yankees are playing well. They're playing well. They got their ace. They got that powerful lineup, and this is going to be an awesome series. You look at the pitching matchups. Game one is Cole versus Snell. And then the Rays are trotting out two former Pirates the next two games, Glass now in game two, Morton in game three. Against that Yankees lineup in October, sign me up. I will be in front of a television every time these two teams play. Yeah, I mean, this this is just going to be a fun series. It's I mean, it's David and Goliath. Yeah. I mean, uh, Snow Cole better live up to what Bieber Cole didn't end up doing. Mm-hmm. You know? But – this is just going to be a fun series. I think the Rays still have the upper hand in this one. And even though it's going to be on neutral turf or anything, it's actually the turf that they're going to be playing on. Playing well, in I was going to say it gives the Rays an advantage that they're not playing on their home field anyway. Like that, that stadium sucks. So like, they're like, sweet. We actually play in a baseball field, like on a real baseball field. Cool. But, but I mean that quite literally, they're playing in San Diego, a pitcher's park. Yeah. That Wrote, that lineup that the Yankees have is absolutely devastating, but they're all going to be playing with a little bit of a crutch. Mm-hmm. This series, like this is, this is the type of this is the baseball heavens opening up and giving you know a shining a light, a, a, a beam of light. This is the onto the Tampa yeah. Bay Rays and say you will go to the ALCS. This is uh this is like Bill Gates just walking down the road and just flipping someone like a $100 bill, like a homeless person. They could not catch a break in life. And it's like, finally, like this isn't life changing for anybody, but this person, like they finally caught a break, the Tampa Bay Rays. And uh, yeah, I think this is going to go well. Um, It should be very fun to watch. Then the other American league, uh, give me a prediction real quick. Who do you think comes out on top there? Rays in five. I'm going to go Yankees in five until, until, until it happens. I'm rooting for, I'm rooting for the the race. I think that'd be fun to see. I would love to see a, a, an Oakland Tampa Bay ALCS. That would be awesome. Uh, until the Yankees are dead, and until the Rays can actually get it done, I'm not. I'm I'm going with the Yankees. Quick, 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 quick question. Yeah. Do we see Cole or Snow pitch twice this series? Oh Either yeah. Starting a game five or coming out of the bullpen? Both. I think I think one of them probably starts twice. I would probably go with Cole starts twice, and I think that Snell gets pitched uh, in game one and probably used in the bullpen in game four. And I wouldn't be shocked to see them start Glass now in game five because Glass now is a guy that doesn't go deep. So they might just pitch Tyler five in game two with the mentality that he's going to be ready to give us four innings in game five if need be. And they have the bullpen to make that work. It's going to be fun. Yeah. It's, you know what's yeah. not going to be fun? 
this next series. Me anxiously watching my beloved A's. I've facing. I have one note. Facing this the series, horrible Astros. I have one note on this series, and it says this series could kill Alex. It That's legitimately could kill him. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you love the A's, mm-hmm. you've made that very clear. And I like the A's too. I mean, they're a fun group. They're a really good team. And the, the story behind their organization is obviously wonderful. This Astros team finds a way to become more unlikable every single morning they wake up and their feet hit the floor after getting out of bed. I mean, Correa talking that talk Why? after winning a two-game <laughs> series against the freaking Twins who haven't won anything since George W. Bush was in office. I mean, what in the world? Oh, my God. It, 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 they're like the perfect heel. They are the most hateable sports team ever. Ever. Like, yeah. for an unbiased fan. You know, like, Pittsburghers, they'll hate Philly or, you know, Cleveland or whatever. But for someone who has no skin in the game, you know, as, as people who cover the Pirates or in Pittsburgh, no one in this market should have a reason to hate the Houston Astros. Yet everyone does. And it's like that in every market. And they continue Carlos Correa also, when this all started, he didn't have anything wrong. Like his numbers, it didn't look like he was a part of like the, it didn't look like he benefited, I should say, from the trash can thing as much as other guys like Springer and Altuve did. But he's just on a roll with like, he's really just embraced the evil. I mean, he's like Anakin. (laughs) He's just really giving himself, he's Darth Vader now. He's just full evil. And it's it's almost impressive how unlikable he himself has made this team. I'm imagining all those baby Minnesota Twins coming up. Master Correa, there's too many of them. What should we do? He's just killing, like, Eddie Rosario. (laughs) Come here, Byron! Yeah. Byron gets hurt just walking over there. Uh, um, Alex, give me a prediction here. Sweep. Who? Sweep for the athletics. If it's sweep for the the Astros, you need to find a new podcast host. I I mean, I I don't count out Houston because it's a sick world we live in. I know it's a sick world. It is a sick world we live in. This is a true bastion of like baseball good and doing everything right for 20 damn years and never, (laughs) ever, ever feeling rewarded versus – literal literal cheaters yeah a team that had to cheat their way to the top this is this is a wwe match this, this is, is this really is and by the way thinking back on it the a's and the marlins world series would probably yield the same ratings as marlins and ray so I'm, I'm gonna go with that for the for the true alex stand you know <laughs> world series matt chapman comes back just to face six still one at back. yeah Oh my god. Uh I'm gonna go Astros. Just the year that this has been and Manfred again is just gonna be like, please stop winning like if the Astros make if the Astros win the World Series, Rob Manfred will probably quit his job. He has to. Like it's just not worth it anymore. If the Astros win the World Series, here's what you're gonna need to do. You're gonna the the day after the podcast, you're gonna sit by, you're gonna crack open a beer. I'm going to crack open a beer, too. And I'm just going to rant for the, for the two segments. Yeah. You're, you're along for the ride. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But if the under 500 cheating Houston Astros win the World Series, that's the end of me. That's the end of me. 
I'm going biblical. Ah, oh, man. It will be wild. So, yeah, my prediction, I'm going to go Houston wins this series in four. And it won't be ugly. You know what will suck is it's going to be the Yankees that knock them off. And everyone's going to, like, make the Yankees like the heroes here. And it's like, ugh. Because they would be. They would be. But it's still just like, ugh. I would have rather it been someone else. But sure. Sure. We'll take whoever at this point. Alex, any final thoughts as we wrap up today's show? Go Marlins. I know they're not playing yet, but I'm... I'm Our I'm, Marlins. Marlins. They're, they're fun to watch, man. And you know what? Next year, they're going to be garbage. Yep. So they're still rebuilding. This is a freak they, year. Yep. Yeah. that And this, this kind of goes... The Marlins prove that, like, what you were saying in the beginning of the year, like, it, this could happen for every... And it, it wasn't... Swings. Yeah. And it, it wasn't going to happen for every team. But there was going to be this one team, and it just so happened to be... Our, our <laughs> Marlins, Miami our Marlins. Marlins. We have to stop. No, we're calling them Florida Marlins. They have, oh, the rest Florida of the world Marlins. can have the Miami they're Amer- Marlins. They're the we America the Marlins. Marlins. They're the they're the America Marlins. America's team. Get out of here, Dallas. All right, Florida man about to beat Atlanta team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Be sure to hit that subscribe all button. Follow us on all of our social media platforms. Leave a comment on the places that you listen to this podcast and get ready. We'll have more playoff baseball talk coming tomorrow. We'll see you then.